0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDIC. My name is Carrie St. Louis and you're listening to 11, the official theater podcast.
1: Hello and welcome to Eleven, the official theatre podcast that brings the biggest stars and creatives together in one place to discuss life in the arts. She's the Broadway leading lady that's making quite the name for herself with her standout vocals, fierce acting chops and hilarious comedy skills. Currently setting sail as Rose in the smash hit musical Titanic, She's bringing joy in its bucket loads while belting out some of the most instantly recognisable Celine Dion songs of all time, while also causing absolute chaos too. Improv, belting, grinder, the Dara Roth box office is that way. And no stranger to standing centre stage, she's also taken star turns in Wicked, Kinky Boots, Rock of Ages and many, many others. And soon she'll be taking on the blonde bombshell herself, as Elle Woods in Legally Blonde. So here, in her closing week in Titanic, we get all the gossip aboard the most infamous Celine Dion musical extravaganza of all time, including belting out the hits, embracing the madness, and trying harder than ever to keep it together on stage, even in the face of such, such lols. Plus, we taught performing for First Lady Michelle Obama, tackling a rather special British accent in Kiki Boots, and why comedy is just her thing. So get ready to laugh, as it is the stunning Carrie St. Louis, here now on this, the next episode of Eleven, the official theatre podcast. To ensure the safety of all involved in this episode of 11, Carrie and I connected with this conversation digitally, so please forgive any brief moments while we wait for the internet to catch up. Enjoy. Enjoy. Please have me welcome to this, the next episode of 11. She's the Broadway leading lady that's rocked out, visited the wizard, made shoes, and is now setting sail on the infamous Titanic, or should that be Titanic? Hello, Carrie St. Lewis. how are you? I'm
0: so good, thanks for having me.
1: I am so looking forward to this. And I should say before we start, because I feel like this is gonna be lots of laughing and lots of being silly, that we've agreed to this for a long time because we have a wonderful mutual friend called Ben Rohalo, who is of course on 11 recently and is absolutely slaying. And he's given me lots of inside gossip about. About you and lots Gosh. of stuff to ask you so strap in because I've got some questions but... I'm
0: so ready I'm so ready <laughs>
1: But before we talk about that, I wanted to say that I had the pleasure of coming to New York in January, meeting you for the first time in person. And it was such a wonderful experience because you are in my favorite show in New York. I feel like I should genuinely work for the press team. So when it comes, inevitably comes to London, I'm your guy because I've done nothing but bang on about Titanic. It is so, so, so good. As a Celine Dion fan, I went in going, I'm going to hate this. This is going to be dreadful. (laughs) My queen Celine, how dare you do something so disgusting and came out like, when are we going again? And it's actually impossible to get a ticket. I just say, people that listen to this and go, I want to come book early because we got literally the last two tickets on the back row and it was still an absolute oh, wow. serb. So firstly, yeah. for that experience, thank you. But in your own words, because it's definitely better coming from you, Explain who you play and also explain the concept of Titanic because people see the posters and they go, oh, it looks fun. But it is so much fun, but it's so freaking clever, right?
0: Yes, yes, it's brilliant. And it, it is a very specific style of comedy. Um, but yes, it's the mo- the movie we all know and love so much. But it's kind of a parody version of it, but brilliant parody, a la Book of Mormon, a la SNL. It's, it's um, you know, some of the jokes are so stupid, but you can't help but laugh. It is full of pop culture references. Celine Dion is the narrator. She was on board the ship. And the whole score is all Celine Dion songs. And it's also sort of structured in the style of a Celine Dion concert. There are moments that nod to the iconic Celine Dion concert in Vegas at the Coliseum. And just her kooky craziness in general, which is just so lovable. It is I feel like other Celine fans come and it, and it is it's a scary it's a daunting task to even sort of try to replicate the queen and it it really is not we're not making fun of her we're celebrating her and honoring her and everyone from her team has come and seen it and has just been like she would love this so much this is such a wonderful thing but I play Rose Do It Bukater uh Jack and of uh, Jack and Rose and It's a wild, unhinged, chaotic, insane fantasia of a show. And I just feel like every scene, especially starting out at the beginning, we come out and it's, you know, musical theater and presentation. I can always look out at the audience and I'm like, they have no idea what's about to happen. It just unfolds and gets crazier and crazier and crazier. And nothing is off limits. It, it goes there in the same way that Book of Mormon goes there. Um, but yes, it's written by Ty Blue, our director, Constantine Rizzulli, our Jack and Marla are and their brains together is just, it's glorious.
1: (laughs) <laughs> Nothing is off limits is such a perfect way to put it because you go in yeah. expecting to you go in expecting to laugh but I think what I think what I found most engaging about it is that it is respectful to Celine it's yes. really nice but also I think what's clever about it which perhaps other types of shows like this don't perhaps do successfully as this does is that it's the isms of Celine fans like shall we go for it or like yeah. how you doing girlfriend which only us you know like god fearing Celine Dion loving people adore mm-hmm. but is just executed so perfectly in the show where you sit there going, I love the fact that we're all saying, isn't Celine Dion one of the greatest people of all time? Yeah. But also it's wow, woven into this story that we all and know. And she's a
0: perfect, <laughs> she's a perfect narrator. Oh my Because God, yeah. there is nothing, she's, she's just so kooky that like it, it just leads to, it opens so many doors and Marla who plays Celine is brilliant and does an improv section every night. And again, it just all works because within the parameters of Celine, as an entity, as a personality, there's just so much that you can do with that. Um, And there are the there's some deep cuts for real Celine fans. Um, but also I found that it's so interesting. The show is entertaining for every type of person. Like I've had, you know, straight, gay, older, way younger. Like there's just some theater people, non-theater people. There are jokes in it. And I mean, there's just so many jokes. You almost can't get them all in the first go round, which people come back and they're like, oh, I caught so many more jokes. Um, but we often, it's it's crazy because we're, as a, as a cat we're very much passing the ball to each other. it's it's very much an ensemble piece. everyone is intricate to the storytelling of it all and it's very fun to we almost have to pause for everybody's laughs all the time it's just there's so many jokes in there
1: is it harder for you i guess as an actor to deal with the icon status of the songs the show and particularly your character or is it what i think might be the answer is the fact that it's so comedy driven and you're so funny as a human i imagine it really leads into your funny bone but it is a big weight because if it's not funny you're almost kind of slightly offensive like you have to Get the balance right.
0: Yeah, I, you know, I, I haven't really leaned too far into being like, oh gosh, it's Celine, it's Precious, it's Rose from Titanic, because again, I did an interview recently where someone asked, you know, oh, how much do you maintain from the movie? And of course, I've watched and studied Kate Winslet, and I love her in the movie, but it is, it feels like a different thing. It's a different show. Same content, I guess, but I can get away with a lot more. And I think keeping the essence of Kate Winslet is what's important to me. But again, the Celine songs, they're all new arrangements of them. And they're used in different ways. So I, I don't feel like I have to sound like I certainly don't have to sound like Celine. Yeah. But I also got lucky because Constantine is is my best friend. And he wrote it. And he's my jack. So the two of us together is just every time we we work together. This is now our third show that we've done together. We're like... There's something about us or a lightning in a bottle, the two of us together. And so I, having him on stage to bounce my character off of is very much just kind of has helped form it into what it is. But yeah, I don't lean too far. I think ever since The Wicked Days, I'm like, I can't spend time thinking about how it stacks up in everyone's idea of this character Like that's kind of the wicked curse is like there's so many and everyone has has such a special tie to that show. You can't please everyone. So I just bring as much of myself to it, to Rose as possible and just have fun. At the end of the day, the show is so fun that if you take it too seriously, you lose all of the the sparkle about it and what makes it so enjoyable for audiences.
1: And also what a joy to know that people that specifically come and see a show with these characters and this music and and this creative team and and these stars, is that people are already on your side. People want to have fun. Like, and that's, (laughs) I've had to as a performer, you're like, yes, they're, they're with us already.
0: Yes, and it's been great. Like as the show has gotten more and more, you know, popular and everyone's kind of word of mouth has been flying around New York City. It's funny because at the beginning, we were still sort of kind of convincing people of what this was. I mean, it is very, a new type of musical in New York, I'd say it's kind of the LA market was doing a bunch of these for a while, but this is kind of like the first time it's really breaking into New York we would kind of win them. We always win them over. But now we come out and we can feel there's a buzz. Like the second the heart of the ocean starts turning, people start cheering. And and I know it's because there's repeat people that are excited to see it again. But also there's new people that have heard so much about it. So they know going in that they're going to have a good time. Yeah, it's really fun. It's really fun to watch it grow and be a part of it at this point.
1: Do you think anybody walks into the theater, sees the merchandise that this show sells and goes, oh, this is going to be a very serious (laughs) evening at the theater I mean
0: yeah Celine fucking Dion well I mean sometimes we see like younger like families and stuff and, and we are also we've now been running you know almost a whole year so we're starting to get like tourists and stuff like that too where I don't know if they know going in and that's always a little interesting when you see like maybe a there's an age range with it like it's definitely rated R I would say if it was a movie young young kids will miss a lot of it and it's I think it's uh you know fun to watch the lights and the sun singing and all of that but I think yeah around like 13 to 15 is where the parents would have to like use discretion and figure out what works for best for them but sometimes you can see a parent being like oh we read we read the room wrong like we did not this is not proper and then you're sitting there with your kid but I mean, the movie tackles those themes too, so
1: yeah. And there's, there's no naked scene, thankfully. There's a version of it, yes. but you know, thankfully there's yeah. no yeah. bare boob, which you're like, okay, we don't, we're just having a laugh. You don't have to go too far. Yeah,
0: there's no there's no Spring Awakening <laughs> moment in it. Can you imagine? Oh my gosh.
1: <laughs> Can you talk to me about some of the music? Because one of the great joys of this, you know, when you go see shows like this, sometimes you either get like no songs or loads of songs and you're in the camp of loads of songs because it's just like yes. hit after hit after hit. Can you talk me through some of the songs that do feature? Because this is like Celine Dion greatest hits. I mean, to sing as a artiste, you're like, "Whoa, here we go.
0: I know. And I cannot believe they got the rights to everything, which is insane. Like, it's just crazy what we, what we have in the show. Yes, it is daunting. It's a, she's a big sing is what I tell people, because I sing in pretty much every single song. I think there's one song, "My Heart Will Go On," at the end with just Celine and the backup singers. That's really the only song I don't sing in. Everything else, I'm in in some way or another. Just running around. Um, but yeah, there's oh gosh, what so? Uh, what does it start with? I'm lot. Al- there's I'm alive. There's tell him. There's Beauty and the Beast, there's uh, To Love You More, there's uh, Because You Loved Me, My Heart Will Go On, of course, Um, oh my gosh, there's so many, uh, You and I, Hmm. If You Asked Me To, All By Myself, uh, seduces me, I surrender, like it is wild and it, everyone is just singing their asses off. Like I've had so many of my friends, you know, in this industry come and they're they're all like, you guys, it's so funny and it's so stupid and clever and all that mixed in one, all that in a bag of chips, if you will. But also you guys are singing down. Oh, River Deep Mountain High, can't forget. Yeah. Aviance is just, yeah, our iceberg is out of control. Every night I'm like, where, how, what is that? <laughs> But also, I, you know, I am currently, my boyfriend is a a muggle, as we say in the States. He does not do theater. He's not of the wizarding world. And it's just so funny when he has to describe what I do for a living. And it's like, oh, she sings Celine Dion, but she's playing Rose on the Titanic, but she's basically a clown, but basically... It just can't believe that this is my life. It's so fun.
1: Have you and, and the rest of the cast come up with a sort of one line sale of how to explain why it's called Titanic and what happens? Because I have encountered a similar thing of, oh, it sounds great. What's it about? But it's about Celine, but it's not. But it's about if she was alive, but she's like 180 years old. But just go. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's hard.
0: yeah, yeah. Just go. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it's Celine. It's the Titanic, a parody of the Titanic told through the eyes and songs of Celine. Do on it's yeah. snl meets yeah like book of mormons yeah because there's improv i mean there's just it's everything <laughs>
1: the best way i described it to my friend was i went oh look it's just good shit go see it and he was like okay
0: <laughs> good shit we'll take that i actually that's gonna be our new marketing campaign when we come to the west end it'll be this is good shit this
1: is good period shit. <laughs> You know, I know a lot. I know a lot of people that would actually go see that. I know that the the Mrs. Yeah. Doubtfire is coming here, and they and they put. I think it's who's your granny or who's your nanny on the post. And <laughs> I was like, that's funny. That would make yeah. me go see it. I was like, hello. Yeah.
0: I think before before we even got reviews or something, they were going to have you know like Constantine's mom write a review and have that beat or something. But now we've got we got some 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 good reviews. It's been going well.
1: You yeah. mentioned him there, but can you talk to me about what it's like going to work? Not just with your friend, but like Constantine is awesomely talented, so funny, has a very interesting stage presence in that he's very commanding of a moment where you instantly are drawn to him. But I imagine mm-hmm. as a creative, that's exciting. You're like, I've got a great leading man, but also he's quite naughty. Like, it must be kind of hard sometimes to be like, this is not the moment to do this.
0: <laughs> he's so naughty. That's exactly, is so naughty. He is, but like our dynamic again, like, I don't know, we're, we're like a weird brother, sister but like in love like it's just such an interesting relationship that we have but we are the exact same people on stage as we are off stage so there is a whole backstage show going on where we get off the stage in the two seconds that we're not like running around. And we're like, nah, 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 you know, like in the back, just it never ends. It's like a full time, full time extravaganza in into his brain. So yeah, it keeps things fun, it keeps things light. But I've definitely had moments where I've been like, not now, babe, yeah. not now. <laughs> and we're both kind of like, eh. we even got the note the other day from our director. He was like, <laughs> you guys are too obsessed with each other. It's like not you guys don't know each other in the show. Like you, we gotta we gotta nope. go back and we were like, oh cool 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 okay, too obsessed with each other. Note taken. Yeah, so that's where we're at.
1: <laughs> and you, you know the reel, you know the reel that um they put out when Ari did the tone at uh, the BAFTAs. You know they did do the yes. thing and they put it to him dancing. I think I watched oh that god. about twenty oh, times because yes. it's so funny.
0: <laughs> oh my god, the, the 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 Angela Bassett did the thing took over. I was tagged in two separate ones, like a Wicked one and the Titanic one in one day. I was like, wow, this this feels like my brand. This feels right.
1: I do think that the social media team that work for your show are also genius in the fact that they pick such good clips. I mean, the the Jennifer Coolidge one is so funny.
0: Yes, yes, they're they're geniuses. They've also got great content to work with, but constantly I'm like, when well, we even filmed we filmed B-roll. And we did this like music video of My Heart Will Go On. And at one point they just pulled out a recorder and we're like, okay, Marla, play this recorder into the camera. And I, I, it's just genius. It's like, oh yeah, duh, of course, it's wild. Again, to my poor muggle boyfriend who's like, "What do you? what is your schedule like today? And I'm like, oh, well, we have a press event with a corgi. And then we're, <laughs> he's like, oh, what? I'm like, we're gonna put the heart of the ocean on a corgi. He's a famous corgi in New York City. <laughs> go to theater school, they said. <laughs> You'll never, it'll never be boring. That's the main <laughs> thing. And my life will literally never be boring.
1: <laughs> I feel like at the start of this conversation, I, sh- I need to, ex- we need to explain, please, I've actually you to not, know, this, I'm not explaining, just go see the show because it's, uh, I feel <laughs> like your listeners are like, go, what the fucking hell are they talking about? This just sounds so stupid. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think it'll be I think it'll be in London soon soon enough
1: I think so yeah. and, and you know sort of feels silly to say but like the Celine Dion love is so apparent here I mean she obviously did Hyde Park famously uh, summer yes just before COVID I mean like that's a crazy venue to do outside I mean it was sold out I mean yeah. I think you'd struggle to go anywhere in the world and not find diehard Celine Dion fans but I think also in a serious way like because it is so respectful and celebratory of her material and her work and like you say her team said she would love it and it's it's done in good faith I i think there's a i think there's a lot of excitement for it and curiosity and i'm intrigued to see i'm intrigued to see how it translates i think i think we're gonna yeah
0: yeah i think some of the jokes would probably change too just for the different sensibility but yeah i mean and, and it's always it's constantly evolving which is they they call it like an amoeba because the pop culture references, like as things happen, the White Lotus finale or, you know, when she was left off the list of greatest singers on Rolling Stone, they they will put that into the show. Um, so it keeps it fresh and fun. And yeah, her, her main producer of her Vegas shows, who's been with her for years, this little, he was so, so sweet. Um, came into the dressing room after seeing the show and was fully crying, like full tears, being like, she would love this. This is so wonderful. And then he was like, how do you guys do this eight times a week? She doesn't even do it eight times a week. <laughs> the thing, he was so blown away by the singing of it all, which is so funny, because like you work with iconic Celine Dion, but fingers crossed she, she's able to come soon enough and see it herself.
1: Well, I was gonna say, have you even toyed with the idea in your brain about what that may be like?
0: Oh my God. Well, I mean, she's not doing so well right now. Mm. Um, I don't think she's traveling currently, although she's getting better is what we've heard. Um, and so we are sending all of our love, 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 love to me Dion. But But um, I don't even know what would happen. Marla, Marla would pass away. <laughs> I know she would not be able to know. She's not, she does not ever want to know if anyone's in the audience. I like knowing personally.
1: That was going to be my question. Like, was would you want to know? To be fair though, how Celine Dion never just wears like tracksuits and a dark hat. She's going to come go yes. with like a big number. Do you know what I mean? So you're going to be like, "There's Celine Dion." Shit. What? Yeah, do?
0: yeah, yeah. I know. Well, RuPaul came, and yeah. uh I know RuPaul came, and she was in the in the back beanie mask. The, the whole I, none of us knew. None of us knew because. Again, Marla can't know. But now I get to say for the rest of my life, bucket list, I have lip synced for my life in front of RuPaul. (laughs) Did not think that would ever happen, but that's my new two truths and a lie. I'm going to be like, I've lip synced for it. Everyone's going to be like, that's clearly not true. But surprise.
1: Has Patty LePone been to see it yet? No, no. What do you think that's going to be like?
0: Hey, Patty I don't know. I don't know. I actually have no idea.
1: (laughs) I don't want to spoil it too much for people that haven't seen it, but Patty LePone features more than you would realize.
0: Yes, Patty LePone is a member of the cast. Yes, for sure. Because of course, why not? You know? All that in a bag of chips. All (laughs) that in a bag of party (laughs) lapon.
1: Good shit, right? Yep. Good shit.
0: That's all you need.
1: It's so much fun, and it really is just like joy. Serious shows have their place, and I, I and I think what was the beauty about coming to see this and the way in which I saw the shows was that I saw such a funding that put me in such a good place that I felt like I could go see other things, but then actually missed the joy and wanted to come back to see something else. And I think that's the genius of of the show and and what you will do and and the fact that you can tell it's actually fun for the people on stage. Comedy's hard to do when people are being miserable so. Yes, very
0: true. Yes, and it's a team sport.
1: For you, is it, I'd say it's like therapy, don't want to go that deep, but is it like, you know, I know at seven o'clock I'm gonna be okay.
0: You know, it's, we've talked about this a lot, you always leave the show feeling better than you did coming in, no matter what. Like, if you're having a bad day you get in there and everyone's just it's a cast of literal clowns and idiots and we're all just doing this thing and you know sometimes before we go on stage I'm like all right guys like let's tell this beautiful story let's tell this beautiful story and share it you know and everyone's like oh my god because it's that's just not you know the point of it but it really is it's it's been such a great way for me personally as an actor to to come back after the pandemic and after all this, you know, it's it's a grueling schedule. I, eight shows a week is just—it's so hard to have a real life, have a normal life. So to be able to go to a show that you have so much fun doing—it's a short show. I'm home by nine thirty. It's great. Like I, it's it's quick. It's quick and dirty. We go in. We I I don't ever leave the stage. I leave my phone downstairs. It is like I, for two hours. I am that is all that I am doing and it is all of my energy, but it's so fun. And just being in that room with the audiences, like losing their mind, I mean, sometimes pretty much every show, there's always at least one person that I see that is clearly short circuiting and is like, like the face that, the look that they have on their face is disbelief that like someone somehow managed to go inside their brain and write the perfect musical for them. Like it is truly, and people after are like, Where, how did you see, this is everything I've ever wanted in a musical, you know? And that's really fun to watch because like, that's, we do it for them. We do it for those people who are like, wow, I needed this show. And especially in a time when everything is dramatic and it's just, it's hard, life's hard, it's hard out there. So to come in and just laugh for two hours is really what I think, it's great medicine for people. And a lot of times people have been telling me, when people come to visit, I'm like, oh, what other shows have you been seeing? And lately, everyone's like, oh, well, we saw the matinee of parade earlier. And I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) okay, so we really needed this. We really needed this tonight. (laughs) High highs, low lows,
1: but. I think yeah. I was actually that person that that came into the in, and, and watched it and was like, this sort of is what goes on in my brain. Like this is yeah. I, I, I I genuinely, I mean, apart from doing a terrible Celine Dion impression, I also love her so much where I imagine what would this concept and this story look like if she was actually part of it. So when whatever yeah. the dialogue is at the start of the show where it's like, oh um, this you that would make you 180 years old. You can't yeah. have been there or oh, could I? It's like that's yeah. that's just like And you mm. are confused because yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> or
0: do they like yeah. she is just like okay <laughs> yeah or totally also, like the weirdest celine Dion angel on your shoulder that you envision talking you through life
1: <laughs> but also the famous scene in the dance where, the, where you're spinning around and then she gets so drunk she can't remember so, so she just decides to make it up like what yeah. a <laughs> ge- genius plot just so then you're just like literally nobody gives a fuck about the story we're just gonna do what right. is in the head okay yeah
0: and i mean she goes so crazy with the improv too sometimes. I'm like, this ruins a whole, <laughs> the whole premise of the show, technically, if you, if you lean too far in, but yeah, it's so funny. And when I had seen it, cause I, you know, I joined for the Daryl Roth and when I first saw it in New York, I'd seen kind of every iteration because of Connie and When I saw it in New York, I just remember sitting there going, Oh, they have made all the right decisions. Like all, there's so many ways this could have gone. And it's just, it's just very clever. It's very smart. Everything is intentional. The style is intentional. It is camp, but it's, it, it just rides that line, which like you said, is hard to do. Comedy at that level is, it's, it's definitely a skill and a skill in a team sport. So it's really fun.
1: Does it ever go too far? Is there ever a point where the laughter just can't stop?
0: We've had a couple, like, it's the Saturday night at 9 p.m. shows that are wild. They're so fun, though. Oh, my God. I have never felt more like a rock star in my life. The other, was it last weekend or the weekend before? Standing ovations after every song. Like, it was a rock concert. We were all like... (laughs) This is the best, you know. Um, I don't think it ever really goes too far. I think we, we are good at like keeping it moving just because every joke is so funny that you have to kind of, you sit long enough but again, it's a timing thing. You got to keep it moving at the sa- at the end of the day too. And that's why I say, I keep harping on it being a teen sport because if you have a selfish actor in the bunch, they're going to sit there and try and take all the moments. But a lot of the moments are setups for a joke. And if you're trying to have that mo- every moment to yourself, it just won't work. I feel like a lot of Rose specifically too is like, I set up a lot of jokes, sort of like passing the ball because I'm the most straight man of the of the bunch which is insane (laughs) but like i am the one that's like the most story heavy as opposed to like you know kind of parody jokey and they and they said when i started out that they wanted me to keep it pretty real within obviously it's ludicrous what we're doing but real ish so that the story is maintained and so a lot of what i do is passing the ball and everyone just shits on me
1: (laughs) you do have to get to sort of be the joke and one of the great jokes in the show is the relationship between Rose and her mother which is the character yeah. that I love so much and sort of connected to the the quick moving of the show is that the, the mum's character works because it's like oh be it another day being a young beautiful skinny model off we go next line but you're laughing right. at three jokes back going yeah this is so like at one point I remember I got so hot my friend was like what are you doing I was like I need to take my fleece and jumper off because I'm actually gonna hyperventilate it was <laughs> do you know what I mean you're like oh my god God, stop. Like, just just do yes. a shit, just do a shit badly worded scene for five minutes so I can calm down.
0: <laughs> I know there's no break, there's no <laughs> breathers. You're like, oh my God, oh my god. And that's why it moves so fast. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Russell, who plays my mother, is truly brilliant. Brilliant stand-up, brilliant, like comic. Um, his first musical. And he's just, yeah, he is so funny. And the way, just every minute, he's so committed to it, which I think is, because backstage, loveliest human being on the planet, truly the sweetest human being. And um, I just get on stage and it's like, I will make eye contact with him in any scene, any time. And he is like disgusted by me. Truly disgusting. We get backstage, everyone else is roasting me for filth. And he's like, How are you? How was your day? You know, like so kind. So I love it. I mean, I come from a family where roasting is my love language. That is mm. how we express love. So to me, it is it is so funny. I it's so hard for me not to break. I break every single night. I'm hopeless. <laughs> I'm like, Well, fire me. I can't.
1: Are you the sort of so. person that does find funny moments on stage are they are they are they easy for you to create for example obviously referencing the posters behind you but like Wicked and Kinky Boots were such specific characters where it was like this is a funny moment this is a funny person they must laugh at this or it doesn't sort of work do you find as an artist that you go I like this challenge or is actually sort of written comedy quite hard to make funny
0: um They're different. Yeah. I feel like this is Titanic feels easier because there's a lot more freedom in it and they want you to find your own, you know, I think with Wicked, yeah, Wicked is definitely a more structured situation. Um, But I learned a lot about comedy through Wicked, through it being such a specific recipe. When I was touring with Wicked, every city had a different sensibility, different jokes were funny, you know, just based on the political climate in that specific, you know, it's it's just always different. And so I learned a lot about recreating the comedy in different demographics, almost. Kinky Boots is just, I don't know, I've been so lucky. I played these, like, really well written roles. Like I've gotten very lucky to have good writing behind me. That always helps things be funnier. Trusting the material is really huge. And trusting myself, like bringing myself to it is so essential. I, instead of trying to, again, like the pressure, trying to be a carbon copy of Kristen Chenoweth or a carbon copy of Kate Winslet or a carbon copy of Anna Lee Ashford. I've just always known that that's not going to work for me. Then I don't feel like I'm being myself. So I'm weird to begin with. (laughs) I'm a weird quirky girl to begin with. So I'm like, let me just say it how I would say it and kind of go from there and then establish the parameters around if I've gone too far. I always tell students, I'm a coach and I I tell my students that one of the best pieces of advice I was ever given is it's way better to go in, especially in the room, in the audition room or rehearsal room and go too far than it is to pull back because they can always pull you back. It's a lot harder to be like, oh, can we get more out of her? Strong and wrong St. Louis, choices are free and I make them all the time. and I have been pulled back many a time. It's been like, oh yeah, you went too far. we're gonna we're gonna rein it in there. but if, at the end of the day it's fun like it should be fun. and if you're, like you said like a miserable comic, you can smell that, you can sense that and as a result, nothing is funny.
1: Was Kinky Boots a project that surprised you at just how huge the fandom was? Because it it still has this legacy in London of people that if they were to say, yeah, we're going to go again, like it's similarly that did in, in New York. I, you know, the audience was huge because it really was, I guess, the first time since since Priscilla that really took off in London, that we'd really mm-hmm. had a quote unquote, my least favorite word, but like a mainstream version of drag queens on stage that was good, that wasn't based yeah. on, on improv. It was based on a structured story that was trying to lift up queer focus stories as opposed to always being based around tragedy or death or, or anything else and it broke right. the mold and it was sort of I mean the names you know Cindy Harvey and Jerry but like it really was like the best of the best so was that yeah. a project that surprised you
0: I mean, yes and no, I, it was the same sort of thing here. And I, I mean, I remember seeing Annalise, seeing the original cast my boyfriend like got me tickets and it was, you know, I I couldn't believe he had scored tickets. It was at the time that it was just impossible to get in there. And I went in for it a bunch of times, actually. That was like, I would say Kinky Boots was the role that I've like gone in. I went in for the most before I like got it. And every time it was just sort of not the right time for me. And the last time I went in, I remember thinking, they they clearly don't want me because I feel like I could play this part in my sleep I feel like I am Lauren. And of course, that's the moment, you know, then it was like the second I took all the pressure off myself and was like, well, I'm just going to do what I'm going to do. That's when it happened. Um, but I got to close it here on Broadway, which was just such, and again, timing is everything. That was the reason, you know, uh, why it took so long. But it was such a cool... I mean, I look back at my time in Kinky Boots and truly the best company, the best people, everyone in that building loved the show, loved what we did. It was just a joy, joyful, joyful place to be. And I think it's because the show is so great and the fans loved it so much and it is such a great message and it just felt good. Everything about it felt good. There was not a rotten egg in the bunch. That trickles down, you know, that's Jerry, that's DB, that's all, you know, Cindy, everybody that was involved was very involved. Daryl Roth, our producer was, she would just be in the wings waiting, watching the show sometimes. Like it was just a love, that was very deep for that show and that production. Um, But yeah, our closing night, wild. I mean, the whole theater was full of everyone that had ever been a part of it, every Lauren. The pressure of that was a little scary because I was like, oh God, like everyone's, you know, at least thinking about, well, what if that was me? But it was like a rock concert. I mean, everybody's, everybody's like solo moments, were just people were freaking out. Because also a lot of the original cast members stayed the whole run like six yep. years. Yeah, and then we had this huge after party and Cyndi Lauper DJed and I just, it was one of those moments in time that I will never, I just kept pinching myself, like looking around being like, this is your actual life. Like this is real. This is happening.
1: Also, during their life could say that they've actually performed and sung for the lady that wrote and performed? Girls just want to have fun. Like, what the fuck?
0: It's uh, insane. Insane. I just came up on my memories the other day, a picture of the two of us. And I just was like, oh yeah, casual. Cyndi Lauper was my boss. (laughs) I remember one night we went out, we actually went out for our drinks after she came to the show and then was kind of like hanging out. And I was drinking, I had a glass of red wine in my hand and we were in like a conversation and she goes, oh, you know, you drink red wine, you know, her little Queen's accent, I'm not gonna try, even try to do it. And she goes, I can't drink that, my acid reflux, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I almost just chucked it out the window. I was like, yeah, me neither, yeah. Oh my God, Could, I would never be caught dead with red wine, you know, called my parents on the way home, was like, I was just casually shooting the shit with Cindy Lauper about acid reflux and wine. You know, normal normal Thursday,
1: and also the British accent—a very specific British accent, which is the city next to mine. But I've lived in London for quite a while, so it's kind of not too dissimilar to this one. But when I sort of get angry and shout, I tend to find that the Northampton yeah, twang come out. Yeah, look, it's a little less posh, yeah, just a touch. Posh. That's living in London, but the Northampton, Northampton accent it's hard it's a really tricky dialect did you have yeah. words and ways to get into that mindset because it's you know you can be Australian quite quickly and it's definitely not that
0: we had a dialect coach for sure to help us with it um but also yeah I think just by doing it and like listen you know once you've also you say the same lines every single it's not there's not like an improv where like Marla's in the Celine Dion accent the whole time but like I, yeah, I, I pretty much had it down to it's, its pattern and its rhythm and, and its sort of fluctuation, but yeah, it was fun. I, I loved it. <laughs> I would like, the problem was I would like carry it with me out, like I would leave and be like, all right, I, you know, time to pack up. And I'm like, what am I doing? I don't I don't speak like that, oh God. I'm actually surprised I haven't started mimicking your accent because when I talk to people with an accent, I start to do it and I and it's really embarrassing and awkward because I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> That's not, that's not right.
1: <laughs> I think it's a compliment. I like it. But oh, I, I yeah. also can do like, like two American accents, which is either like Deep South or New York. There's no, like in the middle of the country clearly doesn't no exist chain. in my, yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. So I could basically be in like Guys and Dolls or like Oklahoma, right? but don't bother about the rest.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's true. I mean, that's kind of true of like Northampton and the posh British, you know, like Kira Knightley or Pride and Prejudice. You're not going to be like, oh, I, oh, well, you know, so it's a little bit different than that, but It felt more authentic to me and to the character as well. And they weirdly didn't want you, not weirdly, but singing so strongly in the accent just because it's hard to understand. So the singing was always a little different than, you know, it wasn't like women often like that. You can't really do all of that. So they'd be like, eh, you just kind of tap on the accent when you're singing. That was interesting just to make it more palatable for like tourist audiences to understand it
1: been really interesting actually seeing the sort of the global takeover of six and seeing how the accents actually sort of really do manipulate the storyline but also they sort of don't it's this weird juxtaposition of like i remember seeing a, a really strong scottish accent as one of the leads mm-hmm. going i absolutely love this but also wow it does change stuff and i realize people don't really sing in their accent it's not a thing
0: yeah that's true I guess, I mean, Mark, Mark Evans, who's in our Cal, he is British and he sings, he speaks and sings in, in, in the British accent. He just made Cal British, which I we love. We're like, yeah, that, that fits, that tracks.
1: Has he always been so. British or was the person before him not? No, no, the person
0: before him was not. Yeah.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Did so. you do it with, always with Mark or did you ever do it with a person before?
0: I did it with jo- uh, John Riddle. So when that- original. Yeah, changes?
1: I did it with him. Is that-, is that- you were like, oh, no, it's not weird.
0: No, I think I think Mark just came in and they were like, wait, this works. We like this. Just keep it. And I know Mark from life. Like Mark and I are dear, dear friends. Uh, his husband was actually my Drew in Rock of Ages, my first ever contract. So he's basically my brother. Um, it just feels, it feels like it's just Mark. <laughs> the
1: stage there's yeah. <laughs> one of the quick thing that i wanted to mention to you and we sort of referenced wicked a second ago but you had apart from the the varying different iterations of wicked that you got the joy of being part of you did get to spend some time with somebody who had been here in the west end and that's miss jenny denoya who is of course
0: oh, yes
1: legendary of,
0: also also miss rachel tucker Miss rachel
1: tucker of course yeah who's yeah. did wicked for a couple of weeks i think or maybe even about five years because she's literally yeah ridiculous I mean
0: like built for it I was gonna ask yeah. you a, qu-
1: a question of two hours what was it like working with Jenny to start with and of course with Rachel and and secondly you also did get to perform and I think it was with Jenny for a certain first lady is that right
0: Yeah. no pressure oh my god the coolest moment of my life today um yeah Jenny is I mean wonderful Jenny is truly the sweetest kindest person again when they're at odds in the beginning it is so weird because it is just so unlike how she is in life she is just like a delicate gentle love bomb delicate gentle love bomb okay put it up put it on her bio yeah
1: (laughs) she's like hailed
0: by carrie st louis um but she's so so kind and so wonderful and she had been doing it for so long um and that i was her glinda when she took over as full-time alpha on broadway which was many years in the making, um, and it was it was wonderful watching her work. And at the time, her daughter nine months old, and she's playing alphabet eight times a week. It is just mind boggling to me that as a feat in and of itself. And she never lost her cool. She was so she was just so consistent. I learned so much about work ethic. watching her I I was just blown away by her and her temperament and like everything about it because that's a high stress situation or a high pressure job and she was just lovely and yeah we got to perform so I feel like everyone during their time in Wicked as the witches they get to do something cool because Wicked is just cool in general but there's just so many i think the witches just recently did npr tiny desk with stephen schwartz which is so neat but i got lucky enough that when we when i was the witch so first lady michelle obama held a while the un was in session she what which theater was it i literally have the i have the program right here (laughs) such a nerd i was at the jacobs theater and it was all of the first ladies from all over the world while the UN was in session. And it was for her Let Girls Learn campaign. So it was all female songs from musicals. So Sarah Bareilles performed, Cynthia Erivo performed, uh, beautiful, Carol King. Uh, and we got to sing for good. And it was so cool. I was so nervous. I have this picture. It's really funny because they had us you know, downstairs. We each got to take pictures with her. And as we're walking up, it's like <laughs> they would introduce them and they'd be like introducing the first lady from the Republic of Chad, like introducing the first lady of Zimbabwe. And then she's was introducing the witches of Oz. And we're just like, hey, <laughs> And we took this picture where I practiced so many times. I was like, OK, I'm going to I'm going to do this. I'm going to put my hand on my you know, hip and I'm going to smile. I am geeking out so hard my face is literally like mouth open and all I could think to say to her was just I just she looked she was like oh my gosh I love Wicked and I go I love you all I could think to say (laughs) cool cool Carrie strong and wrong St. Louis strikes again but she was be. it was like the loveliest most amazing
1: experience ever that's like literally bucket list for everybody in the world and nobody really gets to do that so to be like i mean you see like joe biden's in the uk at the minute like the amount of security to even go like 10 miles near them so to yeah. to yeah. be to be that close and and i I saw a conversation recently where sophia Okanadu was doing raising the sun on broadway mm-hmm. and the obamas both of them came to see it and they came back i believe during the interval to to meet them so they could run off at the end and there's a like a little cell phone video of them coming in and Um, Barack uh, the president shakes the hand and then literally Sophie just turns around and goes (gasps) like mouth open just looks like she's like what the fuck is going on yeah yeah it's like they're not real people they're so infamous
0: that's the crazy thing though it's like you know you feel like you meet celebrities whatever all the time and you're like oh they're just a normal person they're not normal people like it is even just being, walking up to her again, like I was speechless. There is a, it's like an elevated level of, I don't, I can't even explain it. It's just like, you are operating on such a high frequency as a human. And it's like, so kind. And you just think about all the things that they've done, but yeah, it was, it was really wild for me. I was like, oh, whoa. And I just, I mean, obviously I look up to her. She's incredible as a human being. So yeah, it's funny because I have the the, the picture and students come, you know, for lessons and stuff and they'll be singing. And then all of a sudden they'll be like, I'm sorry, is that a Michelle Obama? And I'm (laughs) like, yeah, that's Michelle Obama. i had to frame that one so
1: i love that you're talking about celine dion cindy lauper michelle obama like come on this is all, all for me yeah. as you say strong and wrong i was like literally yeah. it's the best way to be these
0: are just my gaggle of gals yeah. you know <laughs> <laughs> just gonna have them over not for red wine though not for red wine
1: because no, no <laughs> cindy couldn't do it because you know the voice the voice yeah but. the
0: voice we got to protect the gift yeah
1: This has been such a joy and I've got one very quick final question for you because I know that I don't want to make yeah. you talk too much because you've got lots of screaming Celine Dion songs to do, those couple that you do each yes. night. But you've you've spoken about these legends, like as much as we joke, like people that really are icons of this industry, to get to sing the Celine Dion music, to be involved in a project that it really is so unbelievably successful. The shows behind you, the Kinky Boots and, and the Wicked, that are legacy shows and shows that mm-hmm. talk about lifting other people up, but that have given you as an artist... So much. And you joke about sometimes the time's not right, but when it is, it is. When you think about mm-hmm. the varying successes that you've had with the lights of Rock of Ages on TV, on big screen, and of course on stage, when you think about the first time you wanted to do this, when you think about the industry that you wanted to be a part of, that you yeah. found a place for yourself, what do you think that person back then would have made of the varying different things that we've discussed today? And the fact that being loud and being fun, but most importantly being yourself has led you to all of this great success.
0: I mean, I would never believe it in a million years. I still don't believe it. I still have moments where I, like I walk into my apartment and you know, I've got these show posters because it's my studio where I work too. But I like sometimes just take it in and I'm like, I can't believe it. It doesn't feel real sometimes. But yeah, I think it's just I'm very lucky. <laughs> extremely, extremely lucky. Uh, but also I think if you love what you do, like really throw yourself into it and I've just kind of always been, the type of person that just goes all in. I'm an all in person. And you know, you're know you going to sometimes make mistakes and you're going to fail and you're going to get rejected and these things are going to happen. But as long as you kind of keep your inner compass and your North star of like, this is just what I love to do. And I'm going to bring myself to it and keep a good attitude, stay kind Stay joyful, and when you when you start to feel like you're losing that, because it is it's your work as well. It's an it's an industry, it's a career. You have to, you know, it's not all sunshine and rainbows all the time. A lot of time it's a lot of hard work too. It's a lot of hard work uh, and stamina. But it's like knowing yourself enough to go, okay, this is I need to go. I need to move on to something else now, or I need to leap into another unknown. And it may not look clear, but knowing yourself and knowing your intuition really uh to guide you is like it's everything it's really everything but also keep in an open mind like anything is possible truly I, I can't even believe like looking back it's crazy even when i do podcasts and talking about these things i'm like oh yeah i did meet michelle obama that is oh yeah thank you for reminding me of all these stories and and it, it really does feel i feel very lucky very very very
1: lucky oh this has been such a joy thank you so much for your time and most importantly Congratulations on Titanic. It is such a such a joy. And I wish there was like DVDs, videos, bootlegs to, to give me a fix until the point of which I can actually come back and see it. And please, if anyone is oh, no. listening and anyone from the show is thinking London question mark, it's a big yes, honestly. The the, <laughs> the time and the space is there. If you want, I'll even hand out flyers. How about that? I am so Okay, desperate. great. Oh my god, but, you're gonna be out there. Sold.
0: Sold. You're out there in the jack outfit, <laughs> yeah. just like on the street. <laughs> or Celine. I mean, honestly, I mean, strong and wrong. I mean, get you a wig, a sparkly dress, ready to go. Get me a wig,
1: Lol, bless you. I've definitely already got a wig, don't <laughs> worry.
0: <laughs> You're like, you just pull it out.
1: <laughs> I, I
0: love it, I love I,
1: it. All I say to my friends is, shall we go for it? And they're like, yes, but that's just become every everyday dialect now. It's just like, shall we go for yeah. it? And they're like, yes.
0: Shall we go for it? Shall <laughs> we go for it, girlfriends? I know, I know, constant. It's nonstop. It's so funny. I, my brain too, it's like, at this rate, I go into any, like, store or anything. It's like either Rock of Ages is playing, like, you know, Don't Stop Believing or something. And I'm like, whoa, PTSD. Or it's, you know, Cruel Intentions was all 90s pop hit, So I'll be like, whoa, well, yep. that's from Cruel Intentions. And now all of Celine's repertoire, I'm going to just, I'm screwed. Forevermore. I'm like, <laughs> just going to hear all the shows and feel like, oh, I got to warm up. It's time. It's starting.
1: So, you poor grade. Yeah. You're poor grade. Yeah, braid. I know.
0: I know. But thank you for having me. And this was so fun. I can't wait. I can't wait to come visit you in London. Yay. I've only been for one day ever in my life. What? It's crazy. I. It's Mm-mm. crazy. Mm-mm. I, need to I, I've that. traveled so much. But for some reason, London is sort of I've dodged around it. So I've got to come. Come have, a a, have a London moment Come a London yeah. mu- I know, I know we'll just we'll just put that out there will wow. put that out there yeah.
1: <laughs> thank you so much, this has been such a joy yeah, and we. I'm so sorry it went so over but I really really appreciate it so thank oh, you so much
0: of course, yeah. I'll see you soon
1: you've been listening to 11, the official theatre podcast find out more about 11 at 11podcast.com or via the Broadway Podcast Network